Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Doctor Script Show, where we take your favorite movies and script doctor them. Talk about what was good, what was bad, and how we can make it better. My co-host today is the one and only Sam. Wow. Great to be here. Thanks. The crowd is cheering so wildly for us today. Wow. It's like we're at the it, Olympics right now going for the gold. Well, it's almost like we're the gods of this podcast, oh. and these people are cheering for us, the citizens of El Dorado. Whoa. And that's where I, we're going for the gold in the Olympics. Oh, my God. Oh. Sorry. Our air horns are misfunctioning today. Sorry about that. Uh, so if you guys haven't, well, as you guys know, because you clicked on the link, today's podcast is about the one great movie, El Dorado, The Road to El Dorado. Um, Sam, do you want to give... I mean, it's the 2000 smash hit from DreamWorks. The story's about two swindlers, Miguel and Tulio, two wanted conmen who get their hands on a map to the fabled city of El Dorado. After they're shipwrecked in the New World with a scene-stealing horse, the pair follow a map to the secret city where their loyalty will be tested. Do they return home as rich men, or do they continue to live in paradise? Of course, there's some obstacles. A high priest locked in a power struggle with the benevolent chief, and the perfunctory girlfriend puts the two friends at odds. But in the end, they must make a huge moral decision that leads to a swashbuckling conclusion. A swashbuckling conclusion. Conclusion. Uh, Indeed. You don't hear swashbuckling enough these days. I know. It's only when you listen to, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like a swashbuckling adventure with these whole, these goons. Exactly. So with that uh, general story out of the way, how did you feel about the film itself, Taylor? I liked it a lot. I think this is probably my favorite film we've reviewed so far. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I don't know if it's my uh, favorite so far, but it's definitely, like, one or... It's definitely, like, two, I would say. I mean, I just have a soft spot for Frozen. But I, uh, I definitely, I liked it more than I was expecting, especially towards the end. The beginning I felt like was uh, a little bit slower, but once they start getting in, like being part of the, part of the citizens, I was uh, a bigger fan of it. Oh, that's funny. Cause I actually really enjoyed the first half of this movie than I did the second half of this movie, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Oh, uh, do we want to just go over a quick summary of the whole movie? Yeah, let's just hit the important beats of it. All right, guys, just so you know, this is going to be the first segment that we call The Review, where we review <laughs> wow. the movie and everything. Uh, and if you want to go into the actual script doctoring, maybe skip about 10 to 12 minutes. But, all right, so first initial thoughts. So, I enjoyed the opening a lot. I think it sets up the characters very well. Very, like, high energy. We see that they're con artists immediately, that they both are selfish at times, but also, like, play off of each other's selfishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do a good job setting up the characters. I mean, the very first thing's, like, a song that sets up what El Dorado is, and then we move into Spain in 1519, where this guy named Cortez, not the actual guy who went to go explore, but he's tr- on his way to go to the New World, and these guys, Tulio and uh, Miguel, are con men. They're cheating these guys, and they end up with a... They, bet on all their gold on a map to El Dorado. And as they're discovered as frauds, they steal the map and then they run away. And there's a fun little chase with the, the bull. And then they end up in these barrels. But yeah, along the way, it's it's a good way to show them as like, they're definitely con artists and they'll look out for themselves, except when it comes to each other, because they're, they're best buds, they're partners. Yeah, and it just definitely like jumps you right into the scenes of everything. You mm-hmm. get like, all right, whoa, this is happening. He's getting chased by a bull. They have swords. They're fighting each other. And then they eventually get onto a boat, and then they 
it opened their uh, barrels on this boat, and it turns out they're on the Cortez boat Uh-oh. with the people that they just swindled out of money. Nice. And so they're on the boat, and then they get locked in the brig, and through the help of a horse who understands uh, human language. Yes. Uh, because they're speaking English, even though they're from Spain, but that's just a... Minor detail. Minor, minor detail. detail. Uh, the horse helps them escape, but uh, mishaps happen when they try and escape on a rowboat, and they end up uh, stranded at sea, uh, not knowing where to go. And then this is where they find, they realize the map that they have is actually for that specific island, and then they start searching around, and they finally get to the entrance of El Dorado, where they bump into the love interest, what was her name again? Chell. Chell. Yes. And Chell is being chased by all these guards. They see Miguel and Tulio and believe that they're gods and take them to their place in El Dorado where all everyone there sees who they are. Mm-hmm. And the high priest, who is our villain, what's his name again? Too? Uh, I forget what the, he's, we'll just call him the high priest. Right. That's basically who he is. But actually, the just to stop there for a second, the, the moment where they enter the city is really a really good uh, moment. It's like a big grand entrance and then they see everybody stopping and staring at them. Uh, and that's that's where we meet the the high priest, who's like this kind of tall, fit guy, or as the the chief of the city is kind of a uh, a bigger guy, kind of showing off his wealth that he can uh, afford to eat all these things. That is true. The, this high priest is nutty, buddy man. <laughs> he's he. I can't. It, you don't actually notice that he's like funny, like and crazy until a little bit later on, because he, he's just like this like devout priest for a little while. And then he just, <laughs> he gets a lot crazier. He's like a devout psychopath. Yes. He's like always trying to like kill people like, oh yes, they lost sacrifice. And they're like, <laughs> no, but we'll get back to that later. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, it's kind of like a, a typical division in like religion where it's, you know, where do you go with the, uh, the, the revelry, the celebratory parts of these gods being these powerful people who love you, or do you treat them as like, uh, these creatures to be feared and do you have to sacrifice to appease them? And uh, all that, all that good stuff. Right. So then they realize that these people believe them that they're gods. They have to show off how they're gods, and they sort of freak out. And just by coincidence, this volcano is about to erupt too. As Miguel is getting frustrated, Miguel's yeah. Right? Oh, no, I think it's Tulio. Tulio, because Miguel's Miguel's the blonde one who's like kind of more carefree, whereas Tulio's kind of like the, the black hair, and he's definitely more uh, more paranoid and uh, likes to stick to the plan more often. All right. So Miguel gets frustrated, and that's the same time as this volcano is building up. And then he says, stop, and then the volcano stops. So they believe that they're gods now. And they're like, well, that was lucky. It's great timing. Part of why I don't like the first half as much. Cause it's, <laughs> but yeah, basically at that point, they believe that they're gods, uh, and they're taken to this giant uh, temple that they get to sleep at and live in. Uh, and uh, then the priest and the, the chief uh, argue about whether they should have a, a big feast to celebrate or if they should have like a, a more reverent ceremony, uh, and they they both look at each other and they go both. Mm-hmm. We'll have both. So that night they have a, a big feast where they sing a song about how it's tough to be a god, and they it's a it's a it's a fun little diversion. You get to see them having fun and getting to interact with the people and their how they're loved and how Chell also at this point Chell has figured out that they're not actually gods, uh, that they are just regular people, and she has like agreed to work with them so that they could get all the gold that they want and then leave uh, leave again for Spain, uh, the three of them together. Yes, so Chell is now in on it. They have 
the night of festivities, and they get hammered. The horse gets hammered. <laughs> yeah, the horse gets hammered. Yeah, man. He was messed up. Poor horse. Turned down for what? So then the next day, they wake up, and they realize that the uh, high priest has set up a sacrifice for everyone. I think Chell should have told him and given him a heads up on that, that yeah. that's what they were signing up for. They definitely could have used a crash course in uh, what it's like to be a god. god. <laughs> so yeah, after the big feast, there's the, the priest plans a sacrifice. He's like, ready ready to, ready to throw him into this big whirlpool where it's supposed to take you to the spirit world. And then and it they, really just throws you outside of El Dorado. Yeah, which is a little confusing because they, they do show that there's magic in this world, but for some reason, the whirlpool doesn't actually lead to the spirit world. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, they stop the sacrifice and tell them that uh, this is not... The lo- the stars are not aligned right now. Can't do it. The mm-hmm. stars are not aligned. <laughs> and, and so then they, uh, they decide, no, we're not going to have a human sacrifice. And then uh, the chief is like, what about this other kind of sacrifice? And it's uh, a word I don't remember. And they're like, sure, let's do that. And then he brings out these giant plates of like gold vases and and other plates. And they're like, wow, we're going to get all this gold. And then they start tossing the gold into the whirlpool. And then they're like, no, 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 stop, stop. Don't, don't toss all that gold away. Uh, we want to bask in its glory. <laughs> so then they uh, go back to the tower where all this gold is sitting there for them. Then Chell comes up and sort of tells, separates the two, telling, because Tulio wants to go and explore all of El Dorado, where Miguel is more, like, scared that they're going to be found out. So, Chow then takes... I think it's the other way around, because I think Miguel is the one who goes into the city. Yeah, because... Uh, I can't get these guys' names down. <laughs> it's okay. They they basically have the same personality, except one's introverted and one's extroverted. One, one wears red and one wears red, blue. <laughs> yes. So, the <laughs> Miguel in red goes off to the city, uh, and Tulio stays up in the tower with, uh, with Chell. You know, mm-hmm. you know how you do. Yeah. When you've got a nice uh, lady friend on your side. Gotta satisfy the gods, man. Yep. And uh, Miguel goes to the city where he sees that everyone is like, uh, there's nobody there. And he asks what happens. And they're like, no, we're gonna, we have to purify the streets. And then he's like, no, no, you don't have to purify the streets. Everybody come and hang out with me. And Miguel basically becomes like a friend of the citizens uh, from there. And so then Tulio finds out about this. And goes down and is livid with it all. And he's like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And the high priest comes down and is like, this is not how we treat gods. We treat gods by playing basketball with them. <laughs> and it's not yeah. actual basketball. It's like, it's like know, an, an Aztec was, basketball. Where, yeah, so it's like the ancient uh, version of the game, which uh, we can get into later. But they basically uh, play this game where they have, they have to prove that they're, you know, gods. And they get to play in this big arena. And... Uh, Spoiler alert, they win, but Ooh, by cheating. But by cheating. <laughs> There's an armadillo that's been following them around, and the armadillo pretends to be the ball, all curled up, and scores them a bunch of points. But in the process of winning, uh, one of them gets knocked back and starts to bleed from his eye up. And so as the high priestess comes down, he realizes that one of them is bleeding, and then he realizes they are not gods because they are bleeding. So then this bleed. spirals the high priestess into uh, sacrificing a person to get the spirit of the jaguar or like take mm-hmm. possession of the jaguar robot beast. Yeah. Basically there's this giant stone jaguar that he, uh, that he has like this dark magic that he begins to control and starts attacking the city, uh, because he wants to prove that these guys are not the gods that they claim to be. Right. And so right before that happens, Mac- 
Miguel finds out that Tulio is sleeping with Chell? Yes, 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 okay, yes, you got cool. it. And so now he's pissed <laughs> off about that, and as the whole dinner is going on to celebrate them, they get attacked by this jaguar, and then they run around trying to figure out, like, oh, we're being attacked, save it. They then have a confrontation with the high priestess next to them as the jaguar, like, we, like, lures over them. And they confront each other, which I thought was really nice how that they combined everything of the, the sort of climax and the tensions between the characters. Mm-hmm. And they end up saving each other by throwing the high priestess over the ledge of where they were going to sacrifice the person originally into the war pool. Yeah. And then they get back up and are still peeved at each other. And mm-hmm. at this point, Miguel wants to leave and Tulio wants to stay. Either way. Ah. <laughs> Miguel wants to stay and be part of the be a god with the people, uh, which actually the chief figures out at some point that he's actually not a god. But the chief doesn't say anything; he just calmly says, "We're all human" to him. So that's the case. And then Tulio wants to leave with Chell, and at that point, the whirlpool spits a priest out, and he is found by Cortez, and he leads Cortez over to El Dorado. Right. And as uh, as Tulio is off getting on his boat with all his gold, with Chell. And Miguel decides to say that's when Cortez is about to head through the uh, the gates. So they have to. Uh, Tulio decides to make a plan uh, that he will leave on the boat as they like toss a giant thing into the water, so that it creates a giant wave and crashes and basically blocks the entrance. And then at this point, before the pillar falls down, the boat is still going down. So Miguel gets on the horse and saves everyone. Changing his mind to stay at El Dorado because he wants to save his friends. Mm-hmm. The boat goes through, smashes the entrance, and then the three of them, including the horse, go off and watch as the high priestess comes with Cortez to see that the gates are closed. And then Cortez is just like, you lied to me. Uh, bring him. We're going to put him in slaves, most likely. And yep. then... And then, well, I, I, they discover that the boat uh, crashed into the wall and they lost all the gold uh, it was they lost it behind the wall so basically these guys have escaped el dorado kept it safe from cortez and his men but now they don't have gold anymore right but they're okay with that because that's part of the adventure when you don't have any gold or a map a map to go at least you have your friends and they ride off into the sunset yes and on we get a nice little title that says the, the end. end perfect so that's the road to el dorado yes uh, that and that's the the gist of the story What's what parts of it did you feel uh, you enjoyed and uh, that you think don't really need any kind of fixing? I think the first half really doesn't need any fixing. I think there's very high energy going into El Dorado. Like we are, there are more jokes being thrown at you. There's more like tension. Like, all right, is everyone to survive? Are they going to get the horse to survive? Um, what does this area look like? And as they once they get to El Dorado and then commit to being gods. I would say right after they almost have the sacrifice with the man and then they throw the gold in, that's where it starts getting boring because it's just a bunch of filler, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't need the basketball scene. The love interest is interesting, but, like, really forced because the other guy admits to the other... Miguel? Right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the situation. He also slept with a woman in Spain? Oh, yeah, there's... It's like a throwaway joke, but it's... It may, it means something because they're both kind of interested in Chell a little bit, right. or at least they like make a deal that they're not going to get involved with her, and then yeah. Tulio breaks the deal. But then Miguel does say earlier, he's like, "If we die, I'm sorry for the girl in like Barcelona or something," yeah. and he's like, "What?" And 
supposed to be a joke, but it also doesn't make sense because, I don't know. Well, it, I get the personal feelings like, oh, you, we, we both agreed we weren't going to sleep with this girl, then you sleep with her. But he's, I feel like he's like, all right, you, I did that to you in Barcelona. We're chill. Like, it seems a little forced at times, and especially how he basically forgives him in less than a day and decides to keep running around with both of them at the end. Yep. I, I, I mean, they're at the end, they're kind of forced to stick together at that point. Yeah, that's true. But he still made the decision to get on the boat and save them by pulling down the sail. Yeah. Until the priest, high priest becomes the jaguar, I think the, everything in between you could have cut and moved around like it wasn't needed. Because the best scene in the movie is the high priestess taking over the jaguar mm-hmm. and the scene when he gets it. I thought that was really cool. Because after that scene, it gets lulled again. Like, yes, he's pissed about the girl situation. But again, he gets over it so fast. Yeah, I mean, it's because it is interesting that I I like the second half more than the first half because I think the the first half starts with the first scene like where they're uh, playing dice and they're uh, escaping the people who find out they're frauds. Uh, I like it, but I kind of almost wish there was like a scene before that so we could see their friendship in the first place because mm-hmm. we don't actually know what their re- actual relationship is like when yeah. it starts off. So it would be fun to like see them, you know, either make a plan or have already conned somebody and then be like, all right, this is the big score. And then that's when they run into this person that they're going to gamble with. I would just would have liked a scene before that or something to introduce the relationship more. And, and then you can still keep the chase scene, but maybe even cut down on the stuff on the boat because the, yeah. the stuff on the boat is like, it's not that long, but it still does take up a good chunk of time where they could just, they could have easily just been imprisoned for their gambling and just been put on the boat in the first place and been like all right you're gonna be our first slaves when we reach the new world and then then they make friends with the horse on the boat and then they just just leave from there and then the second half is like you know when it what i feel like it gets interesting because then that's when they start interacting with the citizens of el dorado Mm -hmm. and i like the i like the culture clash of like him of miguel trying to be one with the people and tulio being i don't like that tulio is actually kind of friends with them and then he still wants to leave anyways. Because okay. it still seems like he should have wanted to stay. Because there's there's nothing left for them back in Spain. Yeah, exactly. And that was a sort of problem with the film that I had was he wants to leave because the high priest is freaking him out. And he's worried that he's going to find out. But after the high priest is, you know, thrown out of El Dorado, like he has no reason to really go back. Mm-hmm. They are in a utopia. Like he has yeah. a hot girl. They have all the gold. They're literally going to be treated like gods. And also... The weird thing is Chell, like, at the beginning, the reason they find El Dorado is because she's trying to escape, mm-hmm. and she, like, has, like, a golden head, and she's, like, trying to run away. They never address that. They never say why she's trying to leave. I think she's just cooped up in general. I just, I, it's not like she was a sacrifice or anything, which no. could have been fun for them but to do. It would have been nice if they showed a little bit more of her, because they could have kept... I think that I like the basketball game, but I do think they could have cut down on some of it. Mm-hmm. And so if they cut down on some of it, you could have had a scene or two showing Chell's life and like what it's like for her and why she wants to leave. Because I get that a lot of people probably want to leave because the priest likes to sacrifice people and it's a little oppressive under him, but the chief is in charge and he's a nice guy. Yeah. So it's, uh, I think I would have liked to see some more with her at the beginning too. I think my, my main problem is that we don't get to see much character or struggle until the second half it would be nice to see a scene between chell and one of the guys talking about each other's backstory and how they met each other like why did you want to leave 
and then she explains and he's like but like the grass is always greener i can tell you like the dark side of spain like this is what happened to tulio yeah that's how we met each other blah 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 yeah that could have been good and it would give us more from each side yeah i mean i'm I don't know what part you want to do. Do you want to go into basketball or the double climax? Should we go into surgery for that? I mean, what what other stuff do you feel like you you? Uh, is there anything else very specifically that you like? Because if not, we should just delve into the delve into surgery. I really like the songs. The animation's nice. That's True. more of a general thing. Like this man, the people that did these songs, it was Elton John and someone else. Yeah, it was the guys who did the Lion King. Right. And in general, I liked all that. You know, it's not Frozen good songs. No, none of them are iconic. They're mm-hmm. all just very, they're good and they get the story across and they, they're they very effective. Uh, it's weird though, it's not its not a musical, but there <laughs> are an abundant number of songs. So it was kind of, it was a little weird. It was a little jarring tonal wise. Yeah, I agree with that. And then, not nothing like in particular, but this film does use a lot of montages to get their point across. Yeah. And it's, it's like a lot of montages and it's like, oh, it's been like two hours. <laughs> it's, it's a, I like montages because they help you get the point across, but it does feel at least a little bit lazy. Yeah. That they're just, you know, going, going through the bare bones of what it means for these people and then just doing it through song, which I couldn't tell. Was it actually Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh singing or was it just someone dubbing over them? Because I don't know if they're actual good singers. I have no idea. I I don't know. Also, I it's weird. Tell. <laughs> it's, voices are Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh. It took a while for me to get that around, wrap that around my head. Yeah, but worked out. Yeah, it did. All right, you feel like uh, it's time? It's time to open up this body. Yeah, I think it is. So now, guys, we're going into surgery. Get your scalpels out because we're gonna <laughs> dissect this screenplay. All right, what's the first thing that you want to get into? Ah, I, so the biggest thing for me is that the climax happens about 20 minutes earlier than the film, before the film ends. Yeah. So I want to cut out everything that happens after they stop the sacrifice and sort of bump up the Jaguar scene to have that be a midpoint. Because mm-hmm. now they're in a utopia. Everything's fine because the high priest isn't, isn't running around. The chief knows that they're humans, but they're like good people and stopping out these bad traditions of sacrificing people. And I want the high priestess and Cortez to actually come into El Dorado and have like a climax there. And I want to have Tulio and Miguel interact more with the high priestess and Cortez. So basically like cut cut a lot of the, the, the basketball stuff and like mm-hmm. the, the stuff where like the Miguel and Tulio are divided and just put yes. that Jaguar thing up up sooner. Yes. And then maybe put some of that stuff back in later, but get, I, get to it. Get to it faster. Yeah. Because it, the basketball scene specif- specifically feels like just fluff for the whole film. Yeah, that was definitely felt like a scene that was done to keep keep the kids entertained with high action. And the only thing that really comes out of it is that Miguel gets hit in mm-hmm. the head. And that's how the high priest figures out that he's not a god. But that also could have happened anywhere. Yeah, there's a bunch of other things where you can accidentally like cut yourself or like. Mm-hmm. There's a bazillion things. You don't have to put a basketball game there to get him cut. Yeah. Well, yeah. That I mean, that also could have happened during the part where he he's about to do the sacrifice, mm-hmm. and then he like struggles to take like the sword or whatever away yeah. from him, and then it hits him on the head, and then he's like, "Oh, I realize. Of course, my lords, we won't sacrifice him." Yes. And then that that could be a way to figure that out. Another thing I really want to add is get Cortez interacting with 
Miguel and Tulio earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems to not like them for just being stowaways, and I know they were, like, wanted criminals with uh, wanted signs sign- plastered everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I want Cortez to have more of a personal reason to go after these guys. Like, if he... What if they had stolen the map from Cortez in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, not in the well, beginning, but, like, on the ship. They, like, see a map, and they're like, oh, this is El Dorado. Snatched. And then Cortez is more, like, pissed off. Well, that could have knows. even... That could have made a lot more sense, because we don't actually even know Cortez is trying to get to El Dorado. Right. He just happens to wind up on the same shore that they did, and follows the, the path that they went through in the first place. So, yeah, that's... If they either swindled... Uh, Cortez or like Cortez's men mm-hmm. that could work because like what if one of Cortez's like his right hand man like uh, he lost all his gold and he's the one who uh, who offers up the map as a tribute and so then uh, Cortez gets mad and is like no you don't get to have this map and then kidnaps them and right. puts them on the ship yeah I think that's that inter- yeah. puts more interaction there and they get FaceTime with him because mm-hmm. when you think about it how did Miguel and Tulio on that rinky dink of a boat beat Cortez and everyone else? Mm-hmm. Not nothing like that bad. It's just like if you really sit down and think about it. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't hold up as well if you just <laughs> take a moment. But yeah. if you let it be as it is, it's fine. Yeah, uh, no one's. I don't think too many people were putting that hard thinking yeah. uh, into this movie. Yeah, because none of it's none of what they did in the movie is that bad. This is just like. To help it, make it make it better, because it definitely... A, a lot of the stuff in the beginning, I think that might have been why I didn't like it as much, because it felt very disconnected. Mm-hmm. And it was all like a lot of coincidence, like, oh, wow, this guy happens to have the map, and we happen to stumble into these barrels, and this ship happens to be going to the New World. And it would have been cool if that's if all of those goals were like at, happening at the same time. Right. It does feel forced at times. Like, the whole volcano scene is yes. just like, oh, wow. <laughs> volcano scene I would just get rid of and just let them be considered gods or let figure figure out some other kind of way to make them be gods because that, well, that was funny. Like, I enjoyed that humor-wise. It just, it made no sense why there was a volcano that literally was on the brink of eruption and then right when he yells stop, it just puffs out a tiny cloud of smoke and that's it. Yep. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at your notes Man, this dude is obsessed with killing people. Dude has a Frodo vibe to him. <laughs> yeah, I, that's to the high priest. Because, man, okay. this dude just loves fucking killing people. Well, I think that's. I think I would almost change his character to be, like, crazier from the start. Like, just full-on, like, nutso-crazy. Because there's clearly a power struggle between him and the chief. Right. And it would be great to see even more of a, a, a difference in character. Like, really just get him to be crazy uh, right off the bat. Like, after, when they show up for the first time, he, like, is, they bow to them, and the high priest is like, oh, would you guys like a, like a blood sacrifice? The only one worthy is the chief, right? And just, like, immediately puts his knife to their throat. He's like, whoa, 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 we don't, we don't need that. Like, really getting into it. Because there's a scene later where he's uh, making, like, a, a dark magic potion, and his, uh, his, his like, uh, the second high priest or whatever like offers him the bowl and it's like he's like oh i don't like that and the guy puts an umbrella in the drink and he's like now i like it <laughs> like that kind of stuff is fun and that's cool but it uh it 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 didn't uh, it felt like two different characters almost i would like i want to see the crazy guy throughout the whole thing yeah if he gets like more push to it i guess but him he should be a lot more nuttier and 
like much more of like an extremist. But he already sort of is. Like he's literally trying to sacrifice people at every moment. He's yes. like, ah, oh, the gods are here. I'm going to sacrifice someone. Ah, oh, the gods stayed for a day. We've got to sacrifice someone. <laughs> These people lost a basketball game. Got to sacrifice, sacrifice someone. Them. Which I know like in Aztec, that's what they did. But like. I mean, probably not as much, but I think they were like playing up how much they like to sacrifice and how much they like to, to celebrate and revel in their thing. Right. But he also threatened to sacrifice the entire basketball team. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It, it, well, they did that too in Aztec. They, True, yeah. Whenever you lose the game, you would sacrifice the losers. Which, like, man, I would never play basketball. No, but I mean, it's if you're in danger of being sacrificed no matter what, at least you live with a little bit of glory before you die. That's true. That's true. I would say one thing overall that it's more of a character situation. When the first sacrifice is about to happen, I think Miguel and Tulio should be like, what, you don't need to sacrifice anymore. Like, with the gods are appeased, you've made these great buildings and food and everything. Like, your debts have been paid. And then that, like, the high priest is like, wait, what? No more killing? No more killing? No, no, no more killing? What? What? I, I don't, what? Does not compute. Does not compute. And so then he's still like, I, the high priest would just be like, oh, it's a rainy day. We should sacrifice someone to get away. <laughs> it's like... No, we're going to keep the rain. Yes. And they're like, the rain will bring much green around this territory. And they're like, ah, damn. No, that, that, I like that. Because it, it is sort of weird that the two characters are like, oh, no, we're chill with sacrificing. But, like, the stars, man. Like, but, oh, the stars, I, we can't. Uh. I know they're thinking on their toes, but, like, they need to, like, try and squash the situation now rather than just prolong it. Because mm-hmm. if they're just immediately, like, no more sacrificing, the chief's going to be happy with that. And the high, the high priest that they're already trying to get rid of is like, oh, what? I don't understand. And I think that would have been a much more interesting route to go mm-hmm. than just like have the high priest like, can't kill, <laughs> can't kill. So I guess, Sam, we sort of overviewed everything right now, but would you want to see like a continuation of El Dorado? Is there a way to like continue, make a sequel or is well, it like, the whole, that's it, son? The whole thing, like, it almost sets itself up for either a sequel or, like, continuing adventure, but it's it's almost in the vein of adventure movies or, like, westerns from, like, the 40s. Yes. Because the whole ending is them riding off into the sunset on the horse and being like, what could the future hold for them? Which I'm I'm certain DreamWorks came up with an idea for, like, an ongoing TV series if it made more money, uh, which, unfortunately, it didn't, which I'm yeah. very surprised that it didn't. It seems like the kind of adventure movie that kids would have wanted to see. But I think looking for either a sequel or, like, a follow-up series would be fun. I don't know where they would go with it because all they have is the jungle at that point because mm-hmm. they can't go back to Spain because there's literally no way for them to get back to Spain. Right. Uh, it would just be them trying to avoid Cortez and getting killed in the New World. I would almost have liked to see some of the, the events of this show or this movie as, as a show if it was a little bit longer. Okay, so... So, like, my idea would be that it's a... If it was going to be... If they were trying to make a sequel or a series or, like, maybe play up the idea that this actually lasted longer than we thought it did uh, and just show the events of uh, El Dorado in the middle. So, like, showing them in the city pretending to be gods. I would like to see more more of them going into the town, uh, like, more of the daily life of El Dorado because we really don't see that much of what it's like to be in the city beyond being worshipped as gods. Like, what, a, what, is their, what is their trade? What's their commerce? What are their daily lives? Like, do they, do they have shops? Do they have restaurants? Like, what do, they, what do they really do? And I think seeing them, especially trying to get to know these characters and like them more, uh, would be great to have seen 
either in a follow-up series or in a middle series with, you know, and their characters like fit so perfectly for that where Tulio's trying to find every opportunity to be like, Miguel, this is our chance to get out of here. We're being offered like, you know, these uh, hundred giant pieces of, of gold and it's, huh. it's a sailing contest. We could easily defeat them in the sailing contest and just head straight out for Spain. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think if you do make El Dorado like this, if this is a TV show and you make that the main hub and they just sort of go out and start exploring the area a bit more, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of fun ideas with that. Like, did you ever watch the TV show Tarzan, the animated one? I saw a little bit of it, yeah. I remember watching that a lot as a little kid and I think that's a similar vibe you could get with El Dorado. Tarzan sort of goes off the rails at times. I remember one episode where they're fighting dinosaurs and everything. <laughs> way to go. Way to go, Disney. Yeah. But El Dorado, I feel like can mess around with that a bit more because it already has established some like mythical magic yeah. ideas where Tarzan is just like, oh, me Tarzan. <laughs> Here's Jane. the jungle. Here's some dinosaurs. Here's the T-Rex now. <laughs> I mean, there's a, I mean, they could also, if they do like more of a sequel series, they could just end up back in El Dorado. Like there's another secret entrance that they go through. Right. But they also interact with the outside world. Like there's another adjacent city that has always wanted to break into El Dorado. Mm-hmm. And they're they have to you know thwart the attempts of uh, La Dorada. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Just coming up with other names uh, t- from from breaking in and trying to steal the gold, and that's kind of like the the overall thing. And you could still have them uh, go back and warn the people. And uh, every episode is like them going from the jungle into El Dorado and trying to interact with them. Yeah, I think if you make people like slowly coming over and colonizing, that's mm-hmm. a fun idea. Except we know how that ends. Well, and El Dorado will not survive. We we could fix around that. Yeah, we, we could, could live in peace. Alternate history. Yes, exactly. I uh, yeah, I agree. I think I don't know. There's just not much left to fix on the movie itself. That I'm I uh, I don't know how I would feel about putting more things uh, afterwards. It would just be I would just want to know what it's like in El Dorado. Really, they sort of give you a vibe of that when Tulio. Right, search Miguel. Miguel, God, <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're at a fifty-fifty uh, success rate here. Right. It's, it's the not red guy. The guy yeah, that wears guy red. in red. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh uh, goes around and checks out. Like when that quick montage of him, like enjoying the city and everyone, he's playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't get like what their daily lives are like, but it's still like a general vibe. It is sort of like a utopia because they don't have any. From what I understood, they didn't have any cash currency. It's just like always trying to appease the gods, mm-hmm. which you know now that gods are here, they could go into like a identity crisis. Yeah, that like, I, that could actually be funny. Like, wait, we've been working so hard to make the gods come here. Now, what do, what do we do now that they're here? Mm-hmm. That could that could be fun to explore a little bit more of. Uh, even if it was also in this movie, like a brief scene of that instead of either basketball or instead of one of those middle montages. Yeah, I mean that could be what Chell's whole life was originally. Like, I just came to appease the gods, and now that you're here, like, I, I don't know what to do. Well, that could even be better like, for her that like now she realizes that they're not actually gods, and then she yeah. realizes maybe there are. Well, I don't want to get too deep, but maybe there are no gods, and then she has to like deal with that and decide that she's going to leave the city because she has no purpose there anymore. But if you actually look at the texts in the books. Everything that happens in the text actually happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, these two guys come on a horseback, and they're gods. The high priestess sees, like, this devil character that looks a lot like Cortez, and that he 
for the spell to get the Jaguar alive, he has to kill a guy in, like, a Panther's costume. Like, True. a Panther head over, and he kills him. Because everything that... Everything does happen. Yeah. So maybe they... It was just the... Uh, they misinterpreted the prophecy. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. And the High Priestess could also just be lying, so he sacrifices more people. True. That's a... Uh, that's actually... That's an interesting idea. I didn't even think about that. Well, maybe this movie's deeper than we thought. Yeah, man. Uh... Was well, there anything else you wanted to uh, cover with it? Because I am, I think I don't think we have much more. I think we all we both basically agree that we really like it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this is my favorite movie that we've watched so far, just definitely from a story perspective. Mm-hmm. I think we've tackled everything we would want to. Saying more like we got to bump up, or at least for me, I would like to bump up the jaguar scene as a mid credit thing, mid middle section. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, we add a Cortez invasion. And then um, in general, just having like a bit more backstory. Yeah, and especially the beginning, making Cortez more part of their journey, how they get to uh, El Dorado. Right. Uh, really just like consolidating things and making it feel more streamlined at the beginning. Yeah, everything needs to be more connected and more not just by a coincidence. Like it's got to be like this happens, and in the course of that, this happened because of that. Yeah, it's, so not, they, it's not like, okay, and then they're on the boat, and then they're on the island, and then Cortez comes. Yeah, that's the loop. problem with most things is they always do. A lot of people do, or a lot of stories have or have end ends mm-hmm. rather than therefore or but. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's good. Move the jaguar, more therefores. So Sam, would you give this podcast a gold star? Oh, I think it deserves all the gold stars in the world. In fact, I'd give it the gold medal in the Olympics of podcasts. Oh wow. You- too nice, man. Too nice. Too nice. Well, that's uh, that's it, everybody. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening and watching. If you want to keep up with our newest content, follow us on the Facebook page and Instagram. We will keep that up to date with new content when we come out with it. New podcasts every Sunday and maybe an extra episode here or there. So please subscribe, like, share, all the good jazz. Ooh, have fun, everybody. Yep. See you guys.